Hello and welcome to episode 236 of Three Beers in a Movie. I'm Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McKay. Hello Colin. On a very wet and windy oh, Thursday evening. Geez, the, the weather's horrendous, isn't it? It's absolutely disgust foul. foul we are old men now, that's what we talk about when we first meet each other. It's the weather. Yeah. Well, um, well, Lorraine's more concerned than me, but um, we were both up at half five this morning and I left for work at like you know, six o'clock and Lorraine was about half seven she leaves. And the cat went out and he's not came back yet. So a little he's frozen somewhere basically. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. He's Jack Nicholson and <laughs> grass is frozen, but he's not came back yet. So I'm sure when he, he will and when he does he'll be pissed off and, and grumpy. But um yeah, he's he's out there somewhere. Why would he go out? Surely we'd have looked out and went, nah, I'll, I'll give this a mystery, I'll sit inside. But no. Uh, the, the other two cats do that, they'll look out a window and then they'll get pissed off at you because it's raining. But the, uh-huh. the, the big the big cat, he's like, No, I'm I'm going out. He's just, you know, he's brave, man. He's like the fucking <laughs> He has to work. He's, like, he, he's like Scott, you know, he's like oh, maybe sometime. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he might never come back again. <laughs> but um, he'll come back tonight and he'll be grumpy and it'll be my fault. He's wet and stuff like that. But okay, and he comes in. Yeah, so that's my drama for today's my my yeti cat. <laughs> you made promises to me on um, text message that you're drinking something weird and wonderful oh, today. But I've got yes, right. Are you ready for this? Sir? Yes, more. I have got, can, can you see that? Fierce. Uh, it's a sloth in the can. Oh, sloth hazy IPA. Oh, sloth. How cool is that? So, yeah, try to impress you. So, it's uh, <laughs> fierce, but it's a uh, hazy IPA when the brewer's called fierce. Yes, and it, it's just a, it tastes quite nice. It's quite light tasting IPA. It's, it's not strong at all, so it's just a nice wee evening evening beer suitable for the, the kind of stuff we're doing right now. And it's got a sloth on again, which is brilliant. We had fierce beer a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I had it called it's called Brave Noise. I had that one a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Yes, so, mm-hmm. so there you go. You can tag them and say we like your sloths. It's like your sloths. Did you buy it purely because a sloth is on the can? I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it was impressive. I, I, I did look at all the cards and I thought, what would impress Richard? And that, that jumped out to me more than... I'm not really was. a sloth man. I'm not really... I'm really? not. I, nah, I, I'm not Aww. against them. How can you be? Aye, yeah, but I'm not I, really people... I'm not, you know, people... Like my little niece, she loves sloths. Like she's yeah, big yeah. on sloths. I get nah, it. No, they're not really... I'm not sort of... I don't fawn over a sloth. Do you know? Here's a here's a fact about sloths, um, which is quite sad, but, but it's also quite, quite interesting. But... Um, when they die, because they cling to the trees, basically uh-huh. there's skeletons of sloths just hanging from trees. That sounds that's uh, utterly terrifying sounding. It, it, it's, it's nuts, yes. Yeah, so they just basically die on the tree while they're hanging and just rot away to a skeleton, which is um quite quite nuts. Yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a very cool video um doing doing the rounds quite often on Instagram and stuff like that of a sloth and it's um, it's in like a motorboat going down like some Amazon River, right? And it's just trailing its hand in the water and obviously it's never fucking moved fast in its life, but it's got like this look of pure joy in its face. No, it's just like you know, it's like I'm moving fast. This is water. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so sweet to see this sloth like just be. Able, Wow, you know what I mean? It's dead nice. So, it's, what are you drinking? More to the point. Um, unfortunately, I'm unwell, so I'm not drinking any beer tonight. Um, so I'm I'm on a very fancy Lemsip and on Lucasid to try and myself feel better. Both Lemsip and Lucasid. That's like your mum and your granny all rolled into one. Exactly. Yeah. It's weird because like it's weird how my granny still knows Lucasid, but she sees it as like you said, it's a tonic for getting better. Whereas we stuck, I see it as like an energy drink type thing. You drink it like before you play football yeah, or something. It doesn't make you so opposite making you better. It makes you uh-huh. hyper. Um, yeah. My dad years years and years ago before before I was even 
a conception in his wee brain. Um, but he had um, tuberculosis um, when he was like kind of teenager. Yeah. And apparently, way back then in hospitals, they used to give you Guinness as a medicinal. Yeah. Guinness, yeah, yeah. So you used to get like Guinness, and it was uh, for medicinal purposes. Um, that feels like one of those things where it has absolutely no medicinal purposes. But everyone in 1940, 50s would be some alcoholics. <laughs> Most of the country would be functioning alcoholics. <laughs> I don't know if maybe Guinness is iron rich. Possibly. Possibly. There could be some some basic. I feel there like like are better ways to do it than giving somebody a pint of Guinness. <laughs> a pint of Guinness. I'm pretty sure it'd be frowned upon now. Eric yes. Guinness, that would be. <laughs> The Irish yeah. would hate us, wouldn't they? They'd be like, oh, you can't have our Guinness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, well, let's talk about what we've watched this week. So anything of interest, non-cinematic, you've watched anything at home you've, you've found? Um, n- not particularly. Just off camera, we're talking about glass blown and glory holes, but that's a story for another Different from um, I've not, day. no, I've, I've actually not. I've just kind of watched the stuff we said we were going to watch. I've, I've been really good, but I have like... Yeah, I've watched a lot of stuff, said, We're going to watch these things, and I've, I've for once watched the things we said we were going to watch, so I'm quite proud of myself. That well I've, done. Um, I'll, I guess I'll quickly mention a few things that I watched. Um, one of them is on two of them are on Netflix. One was uh, on Rakuten. Um, if you want to rent it, um, one is called Inside Job. It's like a animated series on Netflix, sort of a cross between Rick and Morty and the X Files. It's but this sort of like there's essentially every conspiracy you think is a conspiracy is actually true, and like, and it's these, this girl who worked for the sort of shadow government. Um, and she's like basically trying to keep it under wraps, and it's like the family strife and stuff like that. And it's it's, it's, it's done like in a Futurama style animation, um, or, or like I said, actually more Rick and Morty animation. But it, it's got uh, Christian Slater. He does one of the voices. Oh, but anyway, inside job <laughs> on inside job. It, it's a animated X-Files plus Rick and Morty. Um, I think it's like ten episodes long, but at twenty three minutes each. But it's silly. It's funny, <laughs> um, and I, I quite enjoyed it. For what it, I watched it like maybe a couple of afternoons. Uh, it's yeah. Dumb and silly. I liked it. Sounds really quite good. It. Sounds like something I could do my island to, doesn't it? I could yes, very much that. It's, it's, yeah. It doesn't require all the attention. It's just something. Yeah. It's, it is like if you fed up watching The Simpsons, like, or you, you watch enough Simpsons type thing. It's like it's, <laughs> it's that level of background kind of enjoyment. So I, I quite liked it. It was, it was fun to look forward to next season. Oh, kind of the same way you watch like Camp Cretaceous or something. Like, you know, it's one of those kind of things, but it's more yeah. adult than that. Yeah. Um, yep. The other thing that's on Netflix, that I do encourage you to watch immensely, is a film called The Trip, which is a Norwegian film. It's like a crime thriller, but a really dark comedy crime thriller. It's got Naomi, Naomi Replace in it. Naomi Replace, yeah, yeah. And it's like this couple who go to a, like their sort of holiday home, um, but they're both planning to kill each other. Okay. And it's sort of the story devolves from there because there's also a couple of escaped convicts who are involved in it as well. And it's like sort of this is all put in motion. They're going to try and kill each other. But then these convicts come in who are then going to kill them as well. <laughs> And it's all like the maybe finding the they like each other again, but maybe not. And it's just it's just a it's a really dark Norwegian. Um, I'm sure it's Norwegian, like Scandinavian sort of thriller. Mm-hmm. In the same way as like Headhunters is, you yeah, know, Headhunters yeah, like that. Yeah, but yeah. It's, weirdly, it's co-written by a guy from Ayrshire, which is quite odd. That's bizarre. Yeah. Scandinavians do capture that that really dark humour. You watch it as uniquely Scandinavian. You watch it, you go, yeah. no other country could do it in this kind of way. You know, yeah. they have this really sort of off-kilter sense of... Because it's, it's insanely it's violent. Yeah. Insanely yeah. violent as well, but also immensely funny as well. Like, sort of, some really horrible, horrible things happen, but you fit, you cannot help but kind of laugh at up. it. Yeah. You know, and it's, um, like I said, Headhunters to me is like the sort of ultimate version of that. Headhunters, I think it's a phenomenal film. Um, but it's, it's kind of in that vein, and it's just, it's mm-hmm. very, very dry, very dark, exceptionally glorious fuck, honestly, like really fucking like bloodied throughout the whole film. But 
immensely funny. And there's stuff you can go, I've never seen that before. That's, that's, that's something <laughs> Which... that was not... Which is hard to do nowadays yeah. because <laughs> yeah. everything, you know, what I mean, especially with gore and stuff like that, mm. it, it's popped up on my, my recommended for you. So yes. it's, it's definitely kind of on my spectrum. Yes, um, I'll, I'll share that a good watch. So I think I'll check that out. But yeah, I, I do like the Scandinavian film. I do like that, that humor, like Troll Hunter stuff for that as it's, well. Yeah, it's, it's all, just, all that kind of stuff. Troll Hunter, yeah, Red Exports, yeah, you know, like yeah. I've said, said um, Headhunters again before. The few other ones, uh, the 100 year old man who climbed out a window in that one. I've not. I've read the book for that, and the book was immense. I'm desperate to see the film. I, would I saw like this on my birthday film. one year, and I had a great time watching it. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Scandinavian sort of dark thrillers. I'm, I'm a big fan of. And the final thing I watched on Rakuten was a documentary called The Real Charlie Chaplin. Okay. <coughs> so it's a really good kind of overview of like Chaplin and his life and who he was, and um, doesn't shy away from the sort of slightly, not slightly, the sort of very dark elements of Chaplin's character. You know, sex, it, it, yeah, sex scandal, shit like that. Well, it wasn't really a sex scandal. It, it's not a scandal, but it's more the fact that he, every bride he had was a teenager when he married them. You know, it's sort mm, of, it was, yeah. a, even he was like in his, well, in his 50s and 60s. Yeah. And sort of, I think his last wife was, is it Una Chaplin? Una, yeah, yeah. And she was only like 17 or something when he married him. He was like 58 or 50. He, look, he looks like an old man. Like he looks like a proper old man. Because at that point, he'd been sort of banished from America and things like that. He'd sort of, or he'd left America and stuff like that. But, it gets to the idea of like you know who he was, you know, growing up in um, in London and stuff like that, and you know it, it talks to it's get it's get these kind of really odd recreations of like interviews with somebody, but it's an actor acting, but they're, they're basically lip syncing an interview, a taped interview. Oh, so it feels a bit feels a bit odd and weird at times, but the the, the content is good. They like talk they talk to women who like knew Chaplin as a kid, that she was a young and they used to play together and stuff like that, and it's like wow, Chaplin used to talk like. A Cockney. The, the Chaplin voice you now know is sort of, that's refined. That's him. He had to train himself to do that. It's like his Sunday voice almost. Ah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, he had to, yeah. His, phone, his phone voice. There you Basically, go. yeah. And it, and it yeah. talked about, like, he came from, he came from poverty. Like, absolute, yeah. you know, like, dirt poverty, you know. Yeah. Um, and it's talking about, you know, going to America and, like, his success and start United Artists and then the kind of communism thing that didn't really, wasn't really a thing, but drove him out of the country and all that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> I really enjoyed it because I think what's really amazing and it's hard for us to really get our head around is just how famous Chaplin was. Yeah, because I, I guess I because silent movies um they're remembered, but I back then that was like your Marvel movies are today. I guess, oh, but it's not. But I mean? it's... even on that level, the fame is even bigger than we can possibly imagine. Like when he arrived in a train in a town. No matter what town it was, there was like fifty thousand people there to see him off the train. Like oh. no one in this world has that anymore. Yeah, yeah, to I, totally, aye. totally. It's a level of fame you can't quite grasp. You know, when he went to New York for the first time, it literally the whole city of New York stopped to to see Charlie to see Chaplin. It's so it's like it's kind of it's it's a level of fame. I think Lind Lindbergh had it as well. Um, mm -hmm. Charles Lindbergh, he'd similar. It's like it's a level of fame that as much as we know people who are really like the Kardashians are very famous. Yeah, but. If they came into town, we wouldn't go and see them. So it's like people levels of fame. It's like, oh, it's, I mean, it's, that, it's, it's people levels of yeah, fame. Yeah, that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, like, it's almost a pilgrimage to go and see this guy. And all he was was an actor. You know, it's kind of it, I don't know if this is a true story or not, but it's one that always pops up is um, he had his tash and then Hitler grew his tash because he liked Charlie Chaplin and then Chaplin done... <laughs> done. Is, is really, that true or not? I'm not entirely sure if it's true because he was kind of, he was a wee bit obsessed with Hitler and sort of like, because him and Hitler were born within four days of each other. Oh. Like the same year, within oh. four days of each other. Um, so he, he had a real kind of, he saw, didn't quite see Hitler as a, as a flip side to him, but he almost was sort of a bit intrigued by this man who sort of did have the same look as him, 
Mm. And um, it was obviously completely fucking you know, panic, <laughs> crazy. And that's where the great dictator came from, obviously. And that's yeah, yeah. But I think it's a bit of a chicken in the egg situation. It's not entirely because sh- that mustache was seen as like a working man's mustache. Mm. So that's why Hitler grew it. It was sort of it didn't require any upkeep. Whereas mm. like the aristocracy would have like sort of the big mustache with kind of twirls and all that yeah. kind of shit, and you can make kind of bushy ones, which require you know like time and effort and mm. you know grafting and grooming. Whereas a small sort of Hitler tash. Didn't really require it. Done. That's yeah. it, you're done. So the reason why Hitler grew was more because it made him look like a common man and he was trying to appeal to the common oh. common person. Um, well, not he got the idea from Chaplin as another thing. We get chance- <coughs> but the real Charlie Chaplin, it's only about 100, like 100 odd minutes long. It's not long. Uh, it's mm-hmm. on Rakuten. You can get it ready for like 4 99 Well worth a watch. Really, really good you are awfully fond of Rakuten, sir. I think you're Rakuten's audience. We get, a, we, get a free, we get two free codes every month. So, ah, that's ah right, okay, okay. <laughs> so that's why. So if um, you actually had to pay for it, you'd be like, nah, racks and shit. Oh. Probably not. I probably wouldn't pay for it, but if I, <laughs> if I get two, I can watch two movies on every month. So, so this month I watch the real Charlie Chaplin. Um, <laughs> or from that, something we've both seen. So we'll start out with the Netflix movie, which mm. is um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, not the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or indeed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. This is the new. Texas Chainsaw, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Massacre. Yes. yes. So there's yes. been six. There's been the original and then six sequels. Then there's been a 2003 sort of almost reboot. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah. But this one is basically saying that the other ones didn't happen. This is a true sequel to the Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre. Much the yeah. same way that Halloween has done recently. And, um, yeah. I think the screen, screen, no, screen embraced all of them. Um, yeah. No, I think... More like Halloween, the way Halloween and Halloween lives and whatever the hell else. Yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. So it's directed by David Blue Garcia, who directed a film called Tanjano, which I've not seen, but he, apparently he was parachuted into this film quite late on into production. A couple of Irish boys were doing it originally and they dropped out it for <coughs> reasons that are unclear. Um, then the film, you've got Sarah Yarkin um, and you've got Elsie Fisher, who's from Age Grade, who I really liked. Um, Jacob Lattimore, Mo Dunford, and Alice Creek pops up in it as well. It's, it's basically, it's set 50 years after the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. There's a, a man who's sort of retired to a, a house where he's looking after his elderly aunt, I think it is, isn't it? Or his mum. His mum. Mum. Yeah, yeah. um, anyway, she has taken a deep bunch of like sort of hipster influence coming into this town has been basically left to ruin and they're going to sort of gentrify it and make it all this sort of new hip happening place. Part of that is they throw her out of her house and she has a heart attack and is taken to the hospital with this mysterious man in the back of the van. She dies on the way to the hospital and that basically ignites the fury that was in this man who turns out to be Leatherface character, who we all know. And he goes on a murdering rampage throughout this town, taking out all these hipsters and influencers. Um, This is indeed a, a... Chainsaw, and there is a master people with chainsaws in this one. The, uh, you, the title does describe the film. You're going to see that there's yes. no doubts about it. You it's know, set in it Texas. Is. There is a chainsaw and there's a lot of death. So <laughs> in, in that respect, it gives you exactly what it says in the tin. Um, I'll let you start because I think, no, I'll start. I think I'll, I think you'll be more angry. No, fuck you start. I think you're more angry than me. I'll try and be kind of. I think I'm just as angry as you. What do you think of this one? Right. Okay. I'm actually not angry about it. Oh, so, really? Um, no. Um, so the first 15 minutes, um, I, I was not not happy about it. And I was like, here we go. This fucking Richards made me watch this film and it's going to be dreadful because, it, 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 as you said, it starts out with these 
you know, like influencer, like, you know, kind of hipster characters, you know, go to this town and they're on their phones and they're, they're really, really unlikable. Um, really, yeah. you know, it's just, you, you don't like these people and you're like, I hate these people and yeah. the characters are unlikable and the acting's not particularly great. Um, luckily, it doesn't take too long, as you say, for things to happen. Um, and about 25 minutes in is when you start getting the, the, the blood and the guts and the gore. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying it was a good film no it's not can. a good you film can. but it delivers what you're watching that film for and and that's killing the goal levels are high it's a very high yeah. in body count yes uh, and some originality to how some people are dispatched as well um, the final shot was good i'll give you that the final death the final was shot was, yeah really good yeah yeah but yeah. I, I mean that's all it's even when i'm going to see i'm not watching chainsaw massacre for the fucking script do you know what i mean that that's yeah, not true. why i'm paying a ticket for that i'm going i want to see as many people getting horribly maimed and killed as, as mm. possible in a 90 minute time frame yeah and on that aspect it delivered big time it um, does i mean yeah it's a fair point yes I mean, without spoilers, but at one point you get Leatherface on a bus packed full of influencers. Um, with a chainsaw. With a chainsaw. It's brilliant. It's yeah. just it's beautiful. Do you know what I mean? It's like, wow, this is great. Um, it's almost artistic. <laughs> I mean, some of, the, some of the deaths and stuff for that. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, oh, the, the acting and stuff for that um, was pretty poor. And the story for what it was, you could have written it on, you know, a handkerchief. Um, yep. Because it, it's just, you know, an opening to how, how quickly can we get him in this movie and killing people. Um, that That's all it was. Um, definitely, the, the, this is going to be <coughs> either the making or breaking of horror movies is this thing. I take, Halloween was the first one I'd done it. It's like, let's forget every, every other film before it, and this is now the new direct sequel. Yeah. Um, and obviously this has picked up on Halloween's success and jumped on that bandwagon. Um, Which is harsh, because I feel some of the sequels, like, of the Halloweens, all the text changes and masters, some, like, some are not great, but some are not bad. Like, basically, yeah. like, you know... Halloween like, 2 is very good. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. Same, like, I think you do this with, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, you know, because if you do that, then you're going to basically... Retcon Dream is it Dream Warriors? Dream Warriors, yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah, fun, pure fantasy fun. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. There is some there is some horrors. Like really bad oh, there's some terrible, there is some terrible. I'm not denying there's no, some absolutely like horrendous. Jason stuff. goes to space and shit like yes, that. That's yes. you know, that's insane. Um but but I I actually enjoyed it. Um oh my God. and it, it didn't labour. I mean it, it didn't, you know, it didn't it didn't oh, it's done within eighty five minutes. It's, it's, yeah, it's and it rapid. didn't try to be anything other than a gore movie. It knew exactly what it was, who its audience was and why they were watching it, which I enjoyed. I don't okay. like horror movies that, you know, try and you know become clever and smart and intelligent. And it's like people don't if there's a separate kind of horror movie for that, you know, mm-hmm. like the night house and stuff like that. When you're going to see a slasher movie, you you you're not going for a script. You're not going for an intellectual fucking experience. You know, you're going to see somebody's innards getting pulled out and wrapped around their neck and stuff up their asshole and pulled out their nose. Do you know what I mean? That's that's what I, that didn't happen. Oh, that would be good though. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that's what that's what I wanted from it, and that's where I got. And I actually did enjoy it a lot more than I was expecting to. Uh, over to you. I am shocked because I genuinely <laughs> thought you would hate this. I, I honestly thought you would absolutely hate it because I thought it was fucking horrendous. Um, it, it was just. It is such a substandard reboot sequel. It is so uninspired throughout it, and it's so unoriginal. That yeah, it, it was boring. Yeah. And I'm, I'm with you. You go to these films to watch the gore and watch the violence. That's what you're, you're paying for. But I need to, in some way, care about a character. I need to I need to have an interest in who a character is. And there was not a single person in this film I thought, I want him to get out or he wanted to survive. I didn't care. And that's a big thing for me. Yeah, uh, every single one was the, was the sport. Even... 
you know, the 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 guest, the, the final girl, even she, you're like, I don't, I don't care. I mean, yeah, there's no reason why I want you to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is doing the same thing that Halloween done. Um, and I think Nightmare and Elfie done it first, and probably the I forget what the Fred, what I forgot what the Jason films are called again. What's, what's uh, Friday the Thirteenth. Friday the Thirteenth. What they done first was they almost they almost make the killer the hero. Yeah. And Halloween's yeah. done the new Halloween's done that a little bit as well. It's sort of made Mike Myers the or Michael Myers, so not Mike Myers, Michael Myers, the <laughs> the hero of those films. And like he's the yeah. killer, he's not the hero. Um yeah. maybe they've done it with Freddy, they've done it with Jason as well to an extent, you know. And this is doing, they're trying to make Leatherface a hero, and I'm going, he's not the hero. Oh, absolutely, you're rooting for him. I found that during the film, uh, I'm like, you know, I'm rooting which, for him to kill as many people as he can. You know, you shouldn't like, be. Yeah, you know, I like, know, I know. At least the screen films, whatever. Uh, whatever problems they have sometimes, there's never a sense that the ghost face is a hero of those films. You know, he's always the baddie, and that's he's bad, the way it, yeah. he's the way it should be. Um, this to me felt it just what well, there is tons there's tons of gore in it. So if you look for a gore fest, there's plenty of it there. Um it has got a really cool epic final shot, which I did really enjoy, and that, that, did, yeah. make me, that did give me a little laugh and a little kind of cheer. Um, but to me, it's an example of how horror has evolved. And there's such good horror movies out there, you know, sort of the more elevated horror, that this just felt so old and tired and kind of lazy for most of it. And uh, yeah, to, see everything you're saying, but that's what's weird. Is I agree with you oh, 100%, yeah. but I got what I wanted. So, I mean, yeah. it, it just for me, I was just, I was just wanting to see Leatherface fucking, you know, chopping everybody up. And... I mean, it's, a, it's, it's a fair point because I mean, the original Texas Chainsaw Master is a nasty film, it's not. Mm. It's a pretty horrible film, to be honest. It's, it's also quite—it's quite slow as well. I think people uh, forget. I think it builds up to the terror. Yeah, it builds up yeah. To the and that's the point. You get time to get understand who these people are and who the yeah. people in the van are. So when the bad shit starts happening, you get around the dining table and stuff like that. You you feel genuine fear and horror what's going to happen to them. There's no <laughs> sense of that in this film. You know, no, it's just totally. That, you know, and it's, that's it's that's almost just, like they've written the characters to be as unlikable as possible because yeah. you want, but, but, because you want Leatherface to be, as you say, the hero. Oh. I mean, yeah, you shouldn't root for the, the homicidal maniac with a chainsaw. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> You've got to question your own morals when, when you're at that stage. I mean, that that and that's you know kind of freaking weird as well. Do you know what I mean that you do? Shouldn't want to see people's heads getting sliced off their chainsaw, no. but you do, and you know there's like a glee to that. I totally, I'm, I'm brace. I'm, I'm just, I'm a pure goldhound, dude. I'm, I'm yeah, really, I'm, yeah, it's true. I'm totally um, I didn't enjoy it. I think we, I think we're both doing exactly the same thing. We use a bit more forgiving with it because that's what you were expecting. Yeah, um, yeah. Out of ten, what are you giving it? I'll give it a four out of ten. See, I'm just, I'm at three out of ten. I'm just below you. So it's like, I think we both accepted this is a bad film. This is a bad, oh, yeah, bad movie. Absolutely, yeah. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm embracing it for that almost. Yeah, almost. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was, that was weird, man. That was... It's very odd when we have the same thing, but odd we come out the same way. Um, so I'll jump quickly onto one that I watched on Netflix as well, um, which is called The Tinder Swindler which is a documentary um, directed by Felicity Morris, who is one of the producers of Don't Fuck With Cats, which was out, I think, two years ago? Two years ago now, yeah. 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 Um, and this one's based about a guy who's on Tinder. All these women seem to like him. He seems to be the perfect man. But it turns out he's swindling them, essentially. He's, you know, taking them for a ride and taking their money. Cat, and Catfish. Catfishing. And, and, well, he's not really catfishing because he is who he, he sort of, Kinda is who he who he is. He's not like pretending to be. He's not trying to be like a. He's not like an ugly fucker who's like pretending to be a handsome bastard. He's sort of mm. just. He's hiding who he really is in order to get money, essentially. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's just sort of. It's just a, a film uncovering the 
the, 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 the scope of what he was doing and talking to some of the women he, he'd done this to and why they fell for it. Because most of the women he's talking to, they're not dumb. They're very smart, yeah. independent, clever, you know, head in business, you know, not idiots, but they've you know, obviously yeah. fell into this world um, and seen how they basically, you know, discovered it and how they sort of reacted to it and how eventually he was sort of exposed in, in some way um, mm-hmm. for his crimes. Um, so I'll give... Netflix plaudits for this one in the sense that it made it into a hundred minute film um, and not a five part series, yeah, which is what yeah, they normally yeah. do. So yeah, drag it. Out, yeah, even at a hundred minutes long, the content did feel stretched out. You know, it did feel like, like you're you're really stretching the sort of the interest in this because it felt like they're repeating themselves quite a fair bit. Like I get he's okay, he ripped her off, he ripped her off, ripped. Okay, we get it. Get to the point of why he's doing this. What's the what's the yeah. end? What's the end game? And that kind of stuff. So. Normally, Netflix in the past may have done it as like a five-part series. Everyone focusing on a different girl type thing and sort of the final one. So definitely happy that that um, was just one movie. Story's pretty compelling. You know, it's you kind of, you feel sorry for the girls involved in it, the ladies involved in it, because yeah, course, yeah. particularly one who's, she's, she is definitely at heart a complete romantic. Yeah. And she thought she was getting something that was the romance she so, so clearly yeah. wanted yeah. and so clearly craves in, in a big bad way, oh. um, and she's wait at the end of it. Somebody asked her, "So you still on Tinder?" And she went, "Yeah." She went, "Tinder's not the problem. He's a dick, you know." The, the actual, mm. <laughs> she's still very much looking for love. So I was quite happy at that. But no, I get it. I have a dog bite. She, you don't stop liking dogs. You don't like the dog a bit. You, I get, I get ah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so for, for a one-off documentary, 100 minutes long, it's it's fine. It's very disposable when you're watching it. You'll probably forget about it pretty much within a couple of hours of watching it. But it's one of those things, I think if we're in the office, it'd be something people would be talking about at length with each other yeah, for, for, yeah. for about a week. And then or, then everyone would have watched it and it just, it'll fade from memory. But, Did they get arrested or anything? Or it does. And, and sort of like the overall conclusion is wholly depressing. Yeah. It's, mm. I'm not, not going to spoil it, but it's, 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 not, mm. it's not what you want. It's, it's, yeah. it's very depressing, the, the sort of conclusion of it all. Oh, okay. But, um, yeah, but it's, it, for what I watched, it's 100 minutes. I think I watched it on a really wet, rainy Saturday afternoon. Ideal for that kind of viewing. Yeah. I know my other half, Lorraine, she's watched it and she, she's been listening to a few podcasts about it as well. So yeah. since we're doing the rounds in the podcast. I think it started too. a podcast first. That's when it all well came. It, well, the, or it was like a, a story on like some Reddit site or something. That's where the story ended mm. in a podcast. And now it's became this. I imagine yes, that movie about it then, soon. Yeah, and then it'll become podcasts about the podcast. Yes. Stem from, yeah, it's yes. crazy. It's like <laughs> a never-ending circle. Yes. So, yeah. It, I'll give it a very solid 6 out of 10 if you're watching some, some disposable entertainment you're sitting at home on Netflix. They've done worse. And like I said, very happy it was a one-off 100-minute film rather than a yeah, five-part. I think Netflix in particular are really bad for that taking... Mm. What is pretty scant material anyway, and stretching it to the point of where you know it's, it's repetition, mm. you know the same stuff over and over and over, just kind of you know phrased differently. And, you know, I find myself whenever I do watch documentaries on Netflix, getting quite annoyed with that and quite angry. I'm like, I know, do you know what I mean? You've yeah. you've told me this. I know you don't need to tell me this. Get to the point. There's six different viewpoints. Yeah, just you know, move, move on. Streamline and, it. Yeah, there's there's a there's a, an art form to making a story move and not just putting everything. On screen, yeah, you know, and mm-hmm. um, but, but it's fine for home viewing, fine for like sort of like I said, a rainy Sunday, it's snowing right now, so probably ideal viewing for that, you know. Yeah, cool. Um, 
We'll move on quickly to one that's on Sky Cinema first, then we'll move on to the cinematic one from yourself. But Sky Cinema, which normally we see is a bad thing because Sky Cinema's hit ratio is poor. It is poor. But this is one I think they've bought again rather mm-hmm. than they've made, which is obviously usually a good thing because Mass was yeah. one like that and that Mass was yeah. obviously excellent. Um, Although they seem to be touting Mass as their own quite heavily, Sky. The they do. They, they, yeah. There's a, a fine line it's between a it's a Sky Cinema production and a Sky Cinema presented by. They, they do yeah. seem to sort of they much fudge the, the boundaries of mm-hmm. that. Definitely. Um, maybe this film's called Old Henry. <laughs> it's directed by a man called Potsy. Ponceroli, which I am pretty sure the guy from Happy Days. Um, <laughs> he did a film called Super Zeros, which I've never seen, but I did know his name, and I think I knew his name, and he produced Jane Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, yeah, I had noticed that as I think well. Yeah. Pally with Kevin Smith somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, we, 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 we support what Kev Smith and Kev Smith and his pals do. Um, so it's, it's a Western. It's um, the, There's a sort of father and son um, the father's an old gunslinger who wants to, and he's trying to fight, live the quiet life. His, his son yeah. is sort of at that age when he wants to try and, you know, stretch his wings and, you know, flee the nest a little bit. And he wants to learn the ways of his father, but the father's very much like, you know, you will not touch a gun. The, the devil's yeah. work, you know, so they yeah. don't do it. Anyway, they find, he, the, the father finds a man on his land in a satchel of money, I think it is. Yeah. Um, brings it back home. And from that, basically, people come to try and get the money off him. So it starts out as unforgiving. And become straw dogs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. actually, it, it does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have young young guns in there as well. You got young guns in there as well with the western mm. theme and stuff like that. Mm. So yeah, so it's very much it's a few different few few different sort of genres in uh, mm. in, that, in that in that world. So anything you get Tim Blake Nelson, uh, Scott Hayes, Stephen Dorff, who I've not seen on screen for a long time. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, and Tracy Adkins. Um, what do you think of this one? This film was astonishing. Really, I'm um, very happy. Like this one. Um, I was completely yeah because because you, you'd recommended to me you sent a text to watch this and I, I do like a western anyway. I love so western I too. I, I There's something about western really especially but, um, a, like a lone gunslinger last stand type thing. I, yeah. I love that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, it, it, the only comparison I've got for this is Unforgiven. It's up there with that. Yeah, um, it, it was truly amazing. Um, what's his what's his name? The main actor, sorry, Tim Blake Nelson. Um, was. Phenomenal. Isn't it, um, isn't it so good to see a guy who we know is a good actor? He's a good sort of, he's like always like fourth or fifth villain. You know, he's good at what he does to finally see him get a chance to be in the lead. Yeah, absolutely. That's what yeah. I really, it's like, it's like, it's like when Harry Dean Stanton in a few films recently, and it was any yeah. when he was a lead, you go, it's a guy who's always been third or fourth villain, but you give him the lead, he's, he's got so much he, acting, he, charisma, he and chops. What, what he does though with, with the character is even in the opening kind of speech, is instantly you feel. That you know, this character's been lived in, you know, yes, you, you, uh-huh. you just every line he says and every movement, every expression he's got, you know, it's, mm. it's a living, breathing character, yeah. Um, and without actually but, saying much, without actually doing, you just you get a yeah. sense of who this man is very, very quickly from the film, yeah. But what he does say as well, dialogue was really, really well written. Do you mm. know what I mean? It's like some of the lines, you know, but we're, we're just you know, spot on, you know, like why the pigs eat themselves, because like, that's what they do. Do you know what I mean? Just stuff like that. Yeah. It's just, but um, I, it, was, it was just such a lived in character. I think that his performance was to the detriment of the film because it's slightly better than the rest of the film. Ev, I mean, yeah, he was head and shoulders above oh, everyone yeah. else. Yeah. And not that anyone else was particularly bad, no. but he was on, you know, a different level again. Yeah, I agreed. Um, it was touted as, as a kind of slow burn western, and I didn't really think it was particularly slow burn. No, it runs it. It runs it like ninety five minutes or something. Like that. It's yeah, not a, it's, it moves at a decent, a decent whack. 
you know, mm-hmm. the pay, the pacing's absolutely fine. Right, I did, yeah. At no point did I feel, you know, hurry up, get on with things. No, so totally. it, it just unraveled at its own pace and it just, you know, it got to where it was going and uh-huh. it, it never felt laboured at any point in that film at no, all. No, I agree. 100% agree. Every, every scene, you know, you were just wanting to drink it in and watch more and more and more and see where the story went. Mm. I was also really, really impressed. Um, because afterwards I'd looked, I won't spoil it for anyone, but there's, there's a couple of big reviews in it. Mm. Um, and I'd looked up the historical facts and it it could be fact. Yeah. Was, you know, like when you read the biography of the character who, you know, who, who, who is revealed to be, it's, you know, could be, it's plausible that, yeah, that, you know, that, that could be, and which mm-hmm. is, I thought was insane. The amount of research they've done, you know, and kind of tied the story into that is really, really, really clever. I basically, it's not a guaranteed reality, but there's a sort of, it's almost like a sort of, um, sort of it's, alternative, it's, alternative it's, history almost would be sort of the right thing. Not even, no, no, no. It's, it's been speculated that that could that you know that maybe there's people who insist you know no that's what happened. Um, yeah. So it is like it, it could have happened. There's nothing to say that that's not what did happen. Yeah. Um, you can't really dispute it. Do you know what I mean? There's no way to, unfortunately. But it, that added to it as well. You know what I mean? That element when you're reading about the backstory of you know who you're like, fuck, you know, yeah. this could have you know this could be a biography almost. Um, it's, yeah. it's insane. But um, dude, I, I really we have given a week. Right, so, yeah, I mean, dude, that, that this film rocked me in a big way. What did you think? I really enjoyed it. Like, I'm a big fan of westerns. Like you said, like mm. much the same. I'm, I'm I like a western. There's something very iconic <laughs> about the western. It feels like old Hollywood. But it's done well. It's it's done so it's done so enjoyably. You know, mm. and it feels it's at times it can feel. I'm not gonna say cheaply done, but it feels you can tell it's it, it just feels very although it wasn't in any way original, it was yeah. it was done well. I thought it was well crafted, yeah. well paced. Nothing particularly new in it, but what it did, it did really well. And that's yeah. there's something to be said for doing what you can do very well. Um like I said before, I love seeing a good character actor finally getting a chance to um to be a lead and short sort of show he can hold a film and that's what Tim Blake Nelson got and oh, fantastic Christ, yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, and also, it's, it's a pretty consistent tone when it does sort of shift from the unforgiveness to the sort of straw dogness of it all. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it's taken a, a twist or a jump. It just it feels a natural progression of this how the story unfolds. So, mm-hmm. dug that, and it's going to sound really condescending, to say, but it's a grown-up movie, simple but well done that you can enjoy. And there's something to be said yeah. for a, a, it's it's not making any sort of big story. It's all pretty much set in the one kind of. Location, like, yeah. One wee location, essentially, isn't it? Yeah. But what it does, it does, it does that stuff really well, and just it's like ninety-five minutes long. I just I thought it was a really enjoyable way to watch a movie. It's, it's a really Absolutely. well done film. Yeah, I think I'd watched it the night you texted to say yeah. watch that. I, I jumped straight on it, and it, it was way past my bedtime. I shouldn't <laughs> have watched it, but you know, I, just, I sat there transfixed to the screen. I could not look away for the film. Yeah. 90 minutes, I was, you know, completely, <coughs> it had every bit of my, my attention completely undivided. Um, enjoy good Western. Enjoy, I, I enjoy like a, these kind of almost indie Westerns. Remember we watched that one? Um, Things like Snow West, that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. Remember we watched seeing mm-hmm. them. I really yeah. enjoy looking yeah. at Westerns. De- definitely. It's not, I guess you don't want a lot of Westerns because the more you get, the more delighted it gets and the more yes. shite you get. So I think it's got a good niche just now where they trickle out and when they do, 90% of them are, are well done. Yeah. It's always there, the odd kind of. The only one I've really not enjoyed in the last like, sort of 10 years is um, Magnificent Seven. But just I enjoyed more than you, yeah. But I, no, I get you, yeah. It's one of the I don't watch going, I'm not really into this. Too, bit, too big with that one, yeah. I think. 
Um, it was also just you said as well, Stephen Dorff. It was nice to see him back in the screen as well. Yes. Um, yeah, he he was chewing up his his lines and spitting them out. <laughs> just... Yeah, the motherfucker likes to ice skate uphill. <laughs> he does, and he does it well. Yeah. Um, out of ten, what are you giving it? Um, eight and a half. Easily. Okay, I'm giving a very solid seven, but well worth yeah. a watch. Absolutely, yeah. If you, if you've got any interest in westerns or even history, because again, just say like. Read, read up about it and, and everything you talk about historically is accurate. So if you're interested in history or Westerns, boom, this is for you. He, the character it's sort of loosely based on does interest me a lot. I'm very intrigued by that character. Yeah. I found yeah. very, very compelling. Um, on to the, the one cinema watch this week, which is only yeah. one that you went to see. I've not been to cinema this week, but I'm you know, unwell. And that's a film called Dog, which is directed by the star of the film, Channing Tatum, and the dog, no, sorry, uh, Reed Carolyn. <laughs> Um, I, didn't, I didn't know they were a double act. I think Reed's been like an executive producer on a lot of Channing's films. Like Magic yes, I think, I think there's like producing well. partners and stuff like yeah, that, and writing yeah, partners basically. Yeah. Kind of like the Clooney Heselov thing, um, Heselov uh-huh. thing, that kind of thing. Um, so, this film, from what I've seen, it's, a, it's basically about it's a army veteran who's wanting to try and get back into sort of, we want to become a like, security expert. His sort of CEO won't sign off in the paperwork for it until he takes a dog that's sort of been abandoned because his owner's dead. He's got to get across country to the to the funeral of the dead dog handler mm. and then from there go somewhere else. If he does that, essentially, he'll get signed off and he can go and start this second part of his life. Um, yeah. The dog's unruly and rowdy and all along the way, they fall in love and they find new meaning in life and such. Okay, so I'm going to deconstruct the fuck out of this for you. Okay. <laughs> so let, let me give you some background first of all. So okay. the reason I went to see this film it's um, because I had my, my wee boy a day early, Caleb, who's um, 11. Um, so I thought, turn on Hooch, um, K9, you know, that, that yep. kind of movie, you know, I'll Be take home. my 11 years. Yeah, I'll take my 11 years son to see, you know, it'll be fun, be great fun, you know, dogs, and stuff like that. Um, we went to the cinema and this was not the film that I thought I was taking them to see. Okay. It's actually quite dark. Um, yeah. Because it's not like the dogs suffering from PTSD, Channing Tatum suffering suffering from PTSD as well. Is that it's all it's all um, kinda... so so the Tatum character um is, is like an airborne ranger um uh-huh. who, who gets a head injury. So he's you know put out a commission for basically brain damage and <laughs> he wants to get back in. The dog, yeah, has, has got serious PTSD and it's just, you know, fucking unhinged, you know, like, like you know, it's, it attacks everybody because it's you know fucking seen like years of service and it's just a loopy dog um so that it becomes a road trip yeah you know he wants to get signed back in again his, his squad sergeant says no and eventually says, yeah but you need to take the dog three thousand mile road trip to get its owner's funeral if you do that then we'll put you back into the army and on the way they do get up to adventures but it's in no way a gentle sweet comedy in the way that turn on to which is um kind of stumble across an area of weird and wacky characters on the way right, um, okay. who at first you're like they're really odd characters but then you kind of grow to embrace them as well um you know like they kind of bump into like kind of hippie couple and at one point you know a, a, an old man drugs channing tatum and ties him to a chair and stuff like that do, do you know what i mean so, it, yeah it's nuts um there's, there's a Kind of seen in it where you know they, they kind of pretend that he's blind and the dog's his guide dog, so See, they can get the dog into their beds and stuff. That like was that. very Do much the mean? trailer, but it sort of sells the comedy of it all. So that is that yeah. sort of out with the tone but, of the actual rest of the film from what you've 
Um, yeah, because they followed it up with a dog attacking a guy dressed up in, you know, like kind of Arab gear because the mm. dogs, you know, it's trying to do that. <laughs> yeah, so do you know what I mean? So, I, I mean, I, I, it has got chuckles, but the whole time I was sitting thinking, oh my God, I thought my son to see this. <laughs> is, is he enjoying it? And I think that there was enough, like, you know, kind of light moments that he, that he did get a few chuckles out of it, but I, I felt while he was watching it, a lot of the kind of overtones were thankfully over his wee head. <laughs> right, okay. Um, it really was, I mean, it, it was just dark and not not what I was expecting at all. Almost last week we were talking about Magic Mike, how you go in, you know, yeah, strippers and you come out and you're like, fuck me. <laughs> that right. is not what I went in to see. Yeah. This this kind of film does the exact same thing. You know, you're like, yeah, road trip dog, maybe Tom Hanks, all that shit. And you come out and you're like, fuck off, man. I feel quite down now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um I mean it, it can't it's not all sad, you know. There are some sad moments in it. Um there's there's some downright dark moments in it and there are some kind of funny bits as well. So it kind of it's a bit all over the place tonally. It, it mm. you know, it kind of jumps for one to the other and sometimes quite abruptly, do you know what I mean? So you've been in a really dark scene and then suddenly something's all happening. You're like, yeah, I see you're kind of spun with what you're seeing because you're, like, you're not really yeah. expecting it. almost it, the, 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 the kind of opposite, the bipolarness of it kind of throws you yeah, out a little bit. Definitely, definitely. Um, what I would say is Mr. Mister Tatum does not disappoint in his performance. Um, he plays a level of big idiot really well, I think. You know, he does. It, it he does, but in this one, there's depth to his character. Um, you know, you, you do get under the skin of his character and you do feel for him. Um, oh. I said to Lorraine after we'd seen it um, that the dog was remarkable. I, I don't know how they've done this, trained this dog, but it's got this, and it's not CJ, it's a proper dog now. It's not called the wild when it's a fake yeah, dog. Yeah, no, this is a real dog. But the dog's got this thousand yard stare that, you know, like you look at this dog and you believe that this dog has PTSD and I don't know how, how they've done it. It's, it's insane. You know, you, the dog is like almost acting, which totally threw me as well. You know, I was like... Is it a dog in the thing? The... Remember the dog in the thing? Yeah, I, I like that. Yeah. Like, so like, like, that how... dog wasn't just hitting a mark. That dog was actually emoting what it was trying to get. It, this it, dog it reacted fearfully. <laughs> this dog's the same. It's just got a look and, mm. you know, you're like, is that dog right? Do you know what I mean? And they it, it, get that. Um, so they, they throw in these, these kind of odd characters on, on the journey and stuff like that who all serve their purpose really, really well. Um, but, but entirely not not what I was expecting. I, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, oh, that's good. So not, not, uh, let, not surprised. No, no, not let no. down. It, it, you know, it was like really deep and you do come out, you know, and it, it does kind of get you thinking about veterans and trauma and, you know, uh -huh. stuff like that. You know, so it kind of stays with you for a wee bit as well. That's good. Um, but it's just, it is a shame because there will be a lot of parents like me that will take kids younger than mine to see it expecting to see like a, as a dog, I, like, you know, your typical dog man yeah. dog comedy type thing uh -huh. and they will sit there for 90 minutes and comfortably looking over at a child to make sure they're okay <laughs> do you know what I mean um, but no I, I thoroughly enjoyed it um, Lorraine really liked it as well I think initially you came out thinking I'm not sure what I kind of felt about that and then you know what I've seen and then when you start to think about it and, you know, it kind of falls into place in your head and that's when you realise how quite kind of deep it was and how dark, dark it was. Is, yeah. yeah, so well, well, well worth a watch. Um, and, and kudos to, to Channing for acting role and um, co-directing as well. Yeah. Um, so and it is nice to see Channing. And I see him back because apart from Free Guy, when he's done a wee cameo in Free Guy, he's been yeah. kind of missing from the screen for a long time. 
He has, hasn't he? Ah, he's, he's not, he's not done a lot at all. Um, is he still pushing for the Gambit movie? Remember, he no, was that's, that's dead champion in that. Is, is dead. that gone now? That's gone, oh. dead. Yeah, I think he even that's talked about it recently, saying that was a real one that he wanted to do so badly, and it just because hmm. it didn't happen, it felt like it really, it's it something he actually had to sort of take some time away to try and recover from. He'd really put in a lot of time and effort and sort of investment into that character and hope to do something with it, and it just never happened for him, and he really uh, kind of gutted by it. Okay, that's a shame, but yeah. um, I, I think. But just, yeah, he, he has been absent for a while, but if he's going to go down the directorial path, then that this is, you know, for dipping his toes in, this is, is, is this his debut into his first? I think it will be, career? yeah. yeah. Really, really solid job and really interesting to see where he's going to go from here in Aye. terms of movie making and stuff like that. So uh, go and watch it. I would give it a solid 7 out of 10. Nice. I will definitely go, <laughs> yeah, I'll try and watch um, it seven out of ten. Yeah, not the movie you think. Um, anyone that's listening that's going to take your, your six year old daughter to see this movie, don't don't do that. Um, you know, take 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 your partner and you know go watch it together. It's not a kids movie, and um, don't feel embarrassed to go and see it. It's not a kids movie at all. Fair enough. Okay. So, yeah. Seven out of ten for that one. Yeah. Not a bad week so far. Um, and the last thing we'll talk about is one that is on. Well, I saw it on Sky. I think it's um sort of streaming everywhere just now. The film called mm-hmm. Kimmy, um, which is directed by Steven Soderbergh. Um, who quite frankly drops films like me and you, you know, drop pens. You know, he just he does he does yeah. it without any fanfare and he just doesn't announce them. He's like he's so prolific in making movies, but doesn't actually support them in any way in terms of like sort of getting the word out for them. It's really odd. You know? And also he retired, didn't he? And then he came back. Came back. And, he came back and made more he, movies than he ever made when he, he was uh-huh. active. Yeah. Like he'd done that one No Sudden Move, he's done Logan Lucky behind the Calabra, side effects. He did that one. What was the one with the, the iPhone in the mental hospital? Um Oh, on on something unhinged, unstrange. Aye, the one with um, Claire Foy yeah. done that yeah. one. You know, he just sort of just, yeah. he just does this shit just randomly. Yeah. Um, so, this one is a sort of a as we we're talking about earlier on um, off mic, it's a sort of Amazon <laughs> Alexa type device that listens to everybody. And our main character in it is sort of she's one of the sort of operators of this device. When basically what they're doing is if you ask it a question, does it know? They sort of check the recording of it to see so they can try and like pinpoint it to make it smarter, essentially, so, yeah. they, can, so they can expand yeah. its knowledge. Mm-hmm. While she's doing this, she hears a sound, she doesn't recognise it, and it turns out she thinks she's basically listening to a murder or a, an, a, an assault in some way. And she's trying to report this, and it becomes more and more difficult to actually report it to anyone. You know, there's a lot of like sort of roadblocks put up in her way, but before like her employers and people she knows, just yeah. not really wanting to get involved in it. And it sends her in a kind of spiral to try and find out what's happened here and, and why they're not wanting to sort of investigate yeah. further. Mm-hmm. Uh, <coughs> she's also a bit of an agoraphobe. She sort of doesn't like to leave her house, and she's quite you know yeah. reg- regressive in that way. Mm. So. It's it's every every step she takes into the outside world is sort of a big step for her because she's not really used to being in the in the world again. Yeah. yeah. Um, so our main character is Zoe Kravitz, who will soon be popping up in the Batman. Um, the Batman she play, yeah. She's Catwoman. Um, also, got Erica Christensen, Rita Wilson, Tom Hanks's good lady. Yeah. I've not seen her. I've not seen her on camera for a long time. I know she wasn't in it for long. To be fair, she she was like three minutes and she was gone but yeah it was, it was like that that's who is that and then I was like fuck me that's Rita Wilson well you um, probably know better than me how did Rita Wilson get famous what was her big sort of thing was it oh, an 80s know. thing I'm not sure actually I don't know I just I, I kind of my, my association is it's Tom Hanks he's his partner that's, that's see I know from Jingle All The Way I've never seen that you ever seen Jingle All The Way the oh. Arnold Schwarzenegger one have you not I feel like that'd be well up your street she plays Arnie's wife <laughs> 
It's not very good, but it's one of the films you kind of have to watch at Christmas. <laughs> um, and you also get Byron Bounds and India de Beaufort pops up in it as well. So I'll start on this one. I, I enjoyed this one. I thought it was decent, a, a well-crafted thriller. But it was shot during COVID, it feels like. So I don't know if it's a purpose thing, because it, a couple of these films have had this, but it feels a little bit cheap. Mm, you know, yeah, it, yeah. The production value seemed a little bit low, I yeah, thought, yeah. at times. And yeah, for sure, yeah. Because it was shot during COVID, there's a real disconnect in the film, which I don't know if it's in purpose or... But, like everything is dummy people talking to each other on computer screens. There's very little human interaction in the film, yeah. which works to some degree. I think it's maybe trying to make a point of the the world where, like, you know, we are so we'll all become very mm. insular and very sort of, you know, it's more world. relatable than, than you know, big massive crowds just now. Yeah. yeah, but at times it did feel a little bit like I'm watching. This film is always shot in segments where it's like they shoot all the her stuff in this one room, they bring somebody else and shoot all their stuff. It, felt, it mm. did feel very like segmented to me. You know, and I didn't really, I didn't really get that the friendship she has with some people on camera. I didn't really, you know, see the way you said old Henry. From the moment you see them, him talking, you get that character. You understand who yeah. he is. Yeah, I didn't buy into the characters in this. So that they, they would be even work colleagues or anything like that. It didn't feel, they didn't feel like they were particularly lived in anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did think Joey Kravitz was good. I enjoyed her. She's got a real screen presence. You know, but when your dad's, you know, Lenny Kravitz, Lenny, Lenny Kravitz, yeah, and a mum must be. Um, Who's her mum again? A thingy. It's not- it's not Vanessa Paradis, no. No, it's one who married to um, Jason Momoa recently as well. Oh, I can't remember who married Jason Momoa. I'd married Jason Momoa, but I mean, we're all married. This is I've got to find out who's, who's uh, really his mum is. It's somebody famous. It's yeah, it will be, but we can we can come back to it. That's fine. She's Lisa Bonnet. Lisa Bonnet. Ah, Lisa Bonnet. So yeah, if, if your yeah. dad is Lenny Kravitz, your mum's Lisa Bonnet, you're gonna you're gonna have some sort of you, you're gonna look good on screen. You know, that, yeah. that's the one thing you can do. You're, you're, you're gonna have a presence for sure. Have, uh, our uh, godmother absolutely. is Marissa, our godmother is Marissa Tommy. Oh, cool. And mm-hmm. me. I wish your Marissa Tommy was my godmother. Um, <laughs> um so she has she got a genuine screen presence, and based on that, I'm kind of intrigued to see what she does in the Batman because I think she'll have a, a decent screen presence, especially alongside someone like Patterson. And um, so she's definitely a, a, an actress who's going to go big. And um, what I've seen her in everything so far, she she does work the camera. Um, overall, it, it was fine. It's, it's a decent enough film. It's quite it's again pretty short. It's, it moves along at a decent eight, pace, eight, like eighty minutes screen time, maybe to get credits. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, the wrap-ups are a little bit too convenient and quick for my liking. Um, it did feel like it sort of all fell into place very quickly, and, and that was it. But as a thriller, it's not bad. But it does it does feel this is not. I try to think of a way of saying this. It's nice, but I feel sort of better than this. Yeah. Oh you know, yeah. I, yeah. I feel like yeah, he, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like he, I feel he's knocking this out in his sleep essentially when he's. I, I know it, when you look at it, when you look at a man's body, what you know, yeah, there's no there's no question it's better than this. You know, it's like. I think this was on HBO Max or something in America, HBO Showtime. So it's almost like you, I think the last three or four from you've done have been on that network. Right, right. So I don't know if it's some sort of contractual thing, possibly that he's got. He kind of do these before he can get out. He's, it, it does feel somewhat a little bit knocked out. He can like it has like he's sleepwalking through it. Yeah. Compared to he's better work. And um, what do you think of it? Um, I thought it was an absolutely terrible, awful, dreadful film. Did you? Um, I, I wanted to hate you for making me watch it, and then I realised you I suggested it. it. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I can't even blame you for this one. Um, it was one of those ones where I could feel myself getting angry while I was watching it because it was so annoying and frustrating. And one of those ones where I wanted it to end, but it wouldn't end, and you just want to get up and leave and go and do something else and not watch it. But I won't I'm lie, like, I was a bit like myself. I did find myself that the phone sort of like became like a bit of like, oh, I think well, maybe I want to I check my Twitter or something, yeah. you know, what you do but stuff. I'm, I'm like you when I'm watching a film, 
good or bad, I'll watch it. You know, I'm 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 there to rent, no matter how. And we've seen some trite in our times. Um, you know, so I will watch it. But yeah, I was getting really, really antsy. Um, I don't think there was a single likable character in this full film. No, it's not. Every character jarred me so badly. Like, I mean, Travis is sort of the closest to it, but even she's pretty unlikable. Oh, she was a horrible character in it. Um, horrible character. Just none of them were. <coughs> and some of them were all um, farcical. Like the Hitmen were, were almost from, like, you ever seen a Sam Raimi film? Um, what was it called? Night Something? Really old Sam Raimi film, but it's got these kind of over-the-top, comical kind of hitmen. Um, oh, you know, um... Like cartoonish. Um, and it was like that level of like, kind of goofy, do you know what I mean? Like the hitmen. I, I was like, I couldn't take it seriously. It was like, um, it, it was just crazy. Um, sorry, it's one of his earlier ones. It was not... Like I'm, I'm look, it's, it's one, I remember Bruce Campbell wanted to be in it, but he made him, he made him audition and that made him just fall out no, a little he, bit almost. He, he was in it. Campbell was the, the heel in it. He was the bad guy in it. Yeah, but he was supposed to. He wanted, he wanted, was it yeah, he wanted to lead. Yeah, I can't remember right. who, who the lead was in it. But, but Crime um, Wave. Yeah, that's it. Um, it's called something different in the UK. I can't remember what it's called. But um, yeah, that one. But um, it was that level of like, kind of just daftness to it. Do you know what I mean? But Raymond knew that was a daft film, whereas this didn't. Do you know what I mean? This was trying to be a really, really serious film. Do you know who wrote that film, by the way? Who? Crime Wave. Uh-huh. Who wrote Crime Wave? It was Sam Raimi and the Coen Brothers. Ah, cool. Cool. Is it because they're all, they're all friends? It's a great film. It's absolutely. It's got an amazing yeah. scene with, with slamming doors on it that, that you can only. It's insane. They're in a door factory trying to chase each other through all these doors. It's brilliant. It's amazing. It has um, got but, very Raimi-esque in it. It's, it's, oh, it's got Raimi, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just insane. But back to this this piece of nonsense. Um, yeah, dude. It, it just really, really just. If it, if it, honestly, for the opening scenes, I just knew straight away. I was like, I don't like this character. Every time there was just another character, I was like, I don't like this character, this character. Oh. And there was just, you need someone. To root for. Yeah, a tiny wee bit, just, you know, a micro into root. But no, it was it's not so really bizarre, that. you're saying this about this film, but then you did exactly the same thing in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. And you're like, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care for any of them, I'm pretty happy watching the ghost. Because they're, they're all going to get chopped up to bits. Right, okay, um, what, And yeah, the ending, um, as you said, wrapped up. I mean, you don't do what she done and you're cured. That was just Aye, that, that lazy. As that was fun. very lazy, yeah. That, that, felt some, like, that felt a mockery of mental health a little bit. You know, it's idea yeah. like, you can have this oh, mental yeah. problem that all of a sudden you do one thing, all of a sudden you're cured from that mental problem. Like, Absolutely. Nah, and I don't for somebody that. like Soderbergh to let that pass, that, yeah. that's quite kind of weird as well. Do yeah, you know what I mean? agreed. Like, because he is, he, he, you know, the man's a skilled director. Do you know I mean, he knows how to make a film. For him to go, okay, yeah, I'll check off and I, you're like, wait, whoa, you know, what are you thinking, man? Um, no, I, I really couldn't get behind it. Dude. Um, I don't know why I suggested it. And surprisingly, when you look up, not us reviewing it, but like professional reviews for it, people are loving this. Like the Guardians gave it like four stars and the Roger Ebert website gave it like kind of four stars. So mm. it's, critics are giving it, you know, heaping praise on it. And I don't know if it's because it's Soderbergh or what. Maybe Soderbergh, but also maybe they see it sort of like Soderbergh, um, you know, his critique on modern life, you know, where you know, we're all becoming insular and we're all living behind the computers and we're all living on Zoom and stuff like that. And it's his but sort of it's been done for technology and stuff like that. But it's been done better by things like even like Unfriended does it better. Which I agree. Is, I agree. Do, yes. do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, even no, Unsane, the one he done before Unsane on the iPhone was done better. Yeah, I yeah. absolutely. Um, what was the one where um, where the kind of girl goes missing? The dad's trying to find her. Um, 
John Chorinson. They're not unfriended? No, no, the friend was the one with the, the girl kills herself online and the old. Oh, yeah. But even stuff like that, and I mean, that stuff done by, you know, unheard of directors with no budget, and they're better. And, yeah. No, dude, this film made me, it, it made me quite angry. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I went to bed in a bad mood. I, yeah. I really did. You know, I was like stomped off, like huffing, and <coughs> a terrible film. Do you know, I was like dumping yeah. away at myself. But <laughs> I was trying to fall away to sleep. So, no, sir, I did not like this film at all. Out of 10. Two. Oof, I'm giving six and a half. All right, okay, we're quite far apart. Well, we, have, we had to do it with one film, didn't we? We, we had to do one we film, yeah, we had to we find, you know. Yeah, I mean, we, we both, amazingly, we're, we're so close on Texas Chainsaw, even though we, you seem to love it and I seem to hate it, but we're both <laughs> the same mark, essentially. Very bizarre. Um, so we'll say the film of the week this week would probably be Old Henry. Oh, Jesus, yeah, but by far, I think that's going to be... It should be more, it'll be a cult classic. It should be a classic, but it'll be a yeah. cult classic in years to come. That, that yeah. film deserve, deserves awards, um, which I, sadly I don't think we'll ever get. No, but, um, yeah, that old, old Henry really, really done it for me in a big way. I'll talk to you yeah. more off camera about that because we can't spoil it. But yes. um, um, yeah, it's uh, amazing. Next week, we'll get some interesting stuff out, quite an interesting mix of stuff out next week, actually. Um, a couple of things try to come out, obviously, before the week after when the Batman hits screens and mm. chews them up for, like, you know, a good three or four weeks, probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. But out next week, we've got the slightly delayed, uh, well, very delayed and then slightly delayed Cyrano, the sort of musical retelling of Roxanne. Now, uh, you see, I was all up for this until I seen the trailer for it and they started singing and I was out. I was like, fuck, that's a musical. I didn't realise it was a freaking musical. Not in so. for that? Um, <laughs> no. No, no, that's out. That's out this week. <laughs> uh, we've also got the Duke, which is out this week. I've seen the trailer for that, and it looks brilliant. Which is Jim Broadbent stealing a painting for the good of the the working class. Yeah, and, true um, story as well. True story it. as well. It looks yeah. very, char- it looks very, very charming. Broadbent can can light yeah. up a screen like you know yeah. he, he he gives you all the feels, doesn't he? Yeah. Broadbent, you know, so he kind of get get under your skin. And we've also got out Studio Six Six Six. Oh, I the Foo Fighters horror film. Yeah, I don't know about this at all. <laughs> it's it does. I have I'm having very bad vibes of some kind of not some, some kind of monster. No, not some yeah. kind of monster. The, the Metallica concert so the film. Never was it that one? The Never. That's what the I'm one thinking with Dane of. Yes. Tahan in it. Yeah, yes, um, I'm having vibes of that right now. I'm 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 getting vibes. I don't know if you've ever seen um that's from the eighties, Demon Knight. Um, I'm getting vibes of that from this. Which what was really it called? Demon Knight. It's called where a bunch of kind of people get trapped in a cinema and demons start coming to get them. Um, was there a band involved in that as well? No, it's just terrible. Okay, <laughs> I'm, get, I'm getting these vibes because as much as Dave Grohl's a talented man, we all love him. I, I'm not convinced Dave Grohl should be in a film. Um, but I could be, I could be, dude, I could be wrong. It might be brilliant. Who knows? Maybe but, probably um, know they're all wonderful actors. Yeah, yeah but um, I'm, I'm not holding out much hope for. I'll go and see it because you know it's the Foo Fighters is our thing. I mean, we both love the Foo Fighters. Um, we both love Dave Grohl, and we, we love horror movies. So you know, it takes all it, the. Box. In theory, it's one of those things. All three taste taste so great, but should they be tasted together? <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, it's totally. it has that kind of vibe to me going like, oh, I love yeah. everything involved in this, but I don't think I'm going to <laughs> I don't know if it's going to work. Sometimes I don't need to have a McDonald's and, you know, a fancy meal. You know, I, you can, yeah. Yeah. I'm in a mood for one thing or the other. I don't need to combine it all into, into yeah, one. D- definitely. definitely. But that's out next so. week. Tell me where to find us. 
Um, oh, you can find us um, on, on all hundreds and hundreds of places that, that are all you know popular, like um, Instagram, we're on Gmail, um, we're, on, we're on Facebook, we're, we're on Twitter, and uh, see if you type in the number three, um, Beers in a Movie, you'll, you'll see us, we'll pop up. That's me and Richard, that's us. Yes. Say hello, um, talk to us, tell us what you think. Um, Dave, Dave Grohl, he, he was in the video for um, Great Song Ever. Yeah, it was, you know, he's been on screen, do you know what I mean? So, you know, is it going to happen? We have, I'm about to, even if we give that film a bad review next week, we have nothing against Dave Grohl with a person. Not, not, not at all. Everybody, everybody if someone says they don't like Dave Grohl, it's because they're, they're Hitler. Right. Aye, if, they, if you don't like Dave Grohl, you're doing it for attention, because everyone <laughs> yeah, loves Dave a, Grohl. Yeah. You're a bad person. Yes. Um, I've been Colin, you've been... Richard. And we've been... 